Good morning. Welcome to the All 49ers Show. I'm Grant Cohn. That's Jose Sanchez. The Niners are back. Bye week's over. They practice in three hours. We'll see who's really healthy enough to be on the field and who isn't. But right now, it's looking like the team is really healthy and poised for a run like last year. Uh, so, my question to Jose to lead off the, the show is, what is the toughest remaining game on the 49ers week schedule? Yeah, I'm leaning more towards the Seattle game. And I know they uh, they pretty much curb stopped the Seahawks at home in that week two matchup. But, it, look, on a short week, you're coming off. And I think that week they might be playing – uh, they might be playing the Bucks at home. I know the Bucks aren't the Bucks of this year. They're kind of like more of the pip squeaks, but still, I feel like Brady's gonna really try to get up for that game and try to stick it to his childhood team, the team that said thanks, but no thanks. We're gonna go with your backup for several years. True. Um, I'm gonna have to say that it's gonna be that one because and they're clicking, dude. They're they're, they're clicking. Geno Smith looks solid. He's a top three mm-hmm. quarterback in the NFC. He's definitely mm-hmm. looking like a he's definitely a Pro Bowl caliber this year. You know, they're running the football extremely well with Kenneth Walker. I know it's pretty yeah. much – Kenneth Walker is more of like the take-me-home country roads running back where it's like until we get a lead and then he starts taking off. But, I mean, the defense has been playing pretty style too. So, that's going to be one, a short short, uh, short week on the road. You know, and they always – there's always something about Seattle that always gets them, that always gets them down. So, that's one I think is going to be extremely tough for them to try to win. Yeah, Seattle has a legitimate home field advantage. It's tough to play up there. It's not like it's Levi's not North. It's not like Levi's North or anything. It's not like SoFi. It's uh, it's it's really loud. It's tough to play up there. And the the Seahawks are really well coached. And the Niners did beat them by a lot earlier this season. I mean, essentially shut them out. They no, they did shut them out. The, the, the Seahawks often scored zero points in that game. Yeah. But the Seahawks seem a lot different. The Niners are different too. Like, um. We'll see when Eric Armstead comes back. We, he keeps saying he's like about to come back, but don't see him practicing. Uh, don't see him about to be back. So that's a big loss. And then the, I think Emmanuel Mosley's an even bigger loss than Eric Armstead, and he's definitely not coming back. So um, that's a tough game. The other one I think is tough is the Miami Dolphins game because the Niners haven't beaten any team in the AFC yet. They haven't beaten any team in the AFC yet. And so far, they, they look a lot better when they face a, a divisional opponent, when they face someone they don't know as well. And uh, the Dolphins look really good. I mean, the Niners should know Mike McDaniel, but he seems like one step ahead of the league right now. And uh, I don't know if they have the corners to match up with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. That's a tough game. So those two right there. And then Mike McDaniel knows... D'Amico Ryan's in the defense well, or should at least to a degree the same way. You know, the, the, the reverse can be said. But, yeah, with Matty Mosley gone now, that's going to be a matchup nightmare. I mean, Tyree Kill lines up in the slot. He lines up outside. So, even if Mosley was there, you're going to put Jimmy Ward on the Jimmy Ward is going to get dusted by Tyree Kill all over. Like, that's the one thing that's gonna that's, that he's not going to be able to match up well with in the slot. As, as solid of a slot corner he is, that's one that's going to be very terrifying. So, yeah, I, that's definitely – Dolphins is, like, my top three, like, top toughest matchups right there neck and neck with the Seattle Seahawks because of just who they have and, like, the skill players, who they're going to guard. Yeah. I mean, the running game they know is fine, and then, boom, the same thing you just said. Eric Armstead is, like, is Armstead coming back? Like, who the hell knows about Kinlaw? And is anyone else going to step up in that inside to really see, is this run defense, like, actually, like, okay, or is it is it going to start to get exposed? Yeah. Mike Nell is going to be like, hey, those two huge war battleships are not in the center of that defensive line. There's just nothing. They're paddle boats in there. Let's just run them through and then set up an easy game plan for Tua. 
Yeah, um, and it's like the Niners really shut down the Seahawks week two. But again, that's when they had Mosley. And back then, D'Amico was much more aggressive with his coverages that he called. He was calling press man coverage, and quarterbacks were just patting the ball. No one was open. Mosley and Ward were playing really, really well against some of the best wide receivers in the league. Now, Mosley's gone, and for like two and a half games, D'Amico lost his nerve and started calling soft, off zone coverage. And Mariota picked it apart. Mahomes picked it apart. Stafford was picking it apart until Ryan's finally adjusted at halftime and went back to man to man coverage. When he goes against Miami, is he going to look at those wide receivers and be like, man, I can't match up? We, we got to play soft zone. If you do that, you're going to get smoked. Because the Niners' soft zone coverage this year is terrible. Um, it doesn't. It, it, it gives up quick passes immediately, and it doesn't allow the Niners' pass rush to really make an impact. So, uh, yeah, I want to see, like, is he going to be really conservative in these games against high-powered offenses, in which case the Niners are going to lose? That's my question. But other than those two games that we just highlighted, is there another? Is there a third tough game remaining on the Niners' schedule? Yeah, I, I'm going to have to say it's the uh, Monday night Arizona game, just because, just because, um, just because it's pretty much like another mile high stadium. People don't aren't aware. It's like the it's even higher. Se- it's seven thousand feet up. Well, even it's even you higher. Get into the stadium, even you, you're gonna be guys. Your whole back's probably gonna be sweaty getting there because I don't know if Mexico City's gonna be the human. <gasps> you're gonna be yeah. like, all right. So Kyle, wait, excuse me. <laughs> well, why was that a good second down seven? God, Jesus, take a sip of water, you know. But yeah, no, it might get that bad. Um. Yeah, because of that, and you know, look, Kyle Murray, the Cardinals. As much as I love roasting them, like you know, I've been out on them for like two years now, but they always give it to the 49ers in a yeah, huge like battle. That's just like you know, we can't bottle these guys up. We can't we can't punk these guys like we do the other people in the division. They play better against the Niners than they do against any other team in the division for some yes, reason. They do easy, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Man. But you know, you kind of look at who their quarterback is. It makes sense because all he does is go scramble backyard football, which is all he wants to do. He doesn't really want to play too much. And you need to do that against the Niners. If you can do that, I mean, you're <laughs> yeah, you're so in business. Gonna be, he's gonna be running around. I think I can see yeah. that being almost a high scoring game. Like the defense is getting gassed, they're getting tired of uh, trying to trail around Kyler Murray on this and that and you know because Arizona's defense is pretty bad too I mean shoot I, I think that yeah. I think the 49ers offense can put up some good points maybe it could be like a 28-24 game maybe even 31-27 I can see yeah. it being that high but I think it's going to be you know you can't overlook them because the Cardinals have always like given them the like, given them their best and something they can do they can match up DeAndre Hopkins on Jimmy Ward and, De- and Diamondor Lenore all game I mean they can they can just forget about Chevarius Ward and look, as good as Jimmy Ward is, he can't cover. De- I'm sorry, he can't cover DeAndre Hopkins. That's a tough matchup for Jimmy. No one on the Niners, other than Traverius Ward, can cover DeAndre Hopkins. And D'Amico doesn't have Traverius Ward follow the best receiver. And so far, it hasn't really, you know, burned the Niners too bad. But in this particular matchup, it could. Uh, I'm curious. If, I, I picked the Cardinals to win that game. But other than that, I think the Niners should win the rest of their games. It's not like the Raiders look like a tough matchup. What do you <laughs> think of the? <laughs> Literally just that, like laughing, laughing. Sound. Hey, do you think Josh is Josh McDaniels going to make it to year two? He should get fired this year. That's he should so probably bad. get fired. They, I mean, they, all they, the other coaches are doing well, and he's not. And he took over like the best team. He took over a playoff team. He took over Crazy. yeah playoff worthy team that has talent. And to me, it's like, look, if you're not getting the most out of your talent, then that's on the coach. And as much as the quarterback's so. playing bad too, but that might be their easiest one on the schedule the rest of the way. To be honest, yeah, that than, might, yeah. Yeah. Game is that going to be like a home game for the Niners too? Like, how do the Raider I fans so. do? I, mean, it is. I think I think the forum when I every time I see videos like when Denver played there, 
was the last time I really got to look at the audience on TV was God damn, it looks like it's 50-50 out there. And it seemed like pretty much a lot of confirmed that it was like, yeah, it's like a lot of Denver fans out here. It's like, makes sense. You know, Colorado feels like it's up the road. It's not crazy. Like, let's get the hell out of Denver and actually go to Vegas. Like, yeah, why not? Uh, Ethan says, mic difference is insane. Just a heads up. I turned my game down. Let us know. Am I too loud? Is Jose too loud? Let me know. Better unless it's, my, unless it's me. Let me know if it's me. All right. Yeah, let us know. You don't have to pay. We'll, I'll, I'll read. Moonman says, uh, what's up? Do you think Jimmy's second half of the season will be important for our success? Do you think the D ever be as good as the start of the season? I don't think it will be without Mosley. I think having two top-level corners was a, a, a big deal. Um, Jimmy's second half of the season will be important? Yeah, man. I mean, he's the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, dude. And he's you know he played well against the Rams. So he needs to keep that going. Ethan, let, let us know. What do they say? Never too loud. <laughs> I don't know. Let me know. Uh, all right, next second question. Which player will step up in the second half? Maybe a surprise player, someone who hasn't established himself as a difference maker that will become a difference maker down the stretch next two months. Mike McGlinchey. No, I don't know. I can't even joke about that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have to go with, uh, I think it's going to be Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson. Oh, am I quiet? I'm usually loud. Do you have gain? Like, Can you t- t- turn that up? Not on this, but I can probably put it on this thing. All right, it's fine. Okay, start over. Who who will step up? Out, and, baby. Um, who will step up in the second half? Drake Jackson, rookie Jake. Bleh, Drake. Why do I say his name wrong? Like I get like t- tongue. Jake Draxon. Drake Jake Draxon. I'm saying Dwayne Jack. Why can I say it's a tough one? No, his name is now Jake. It's Jake Draxon. That's what it is. J R A K. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean with him. I'm gonna lean with him because I, I see I, this is kind of what I was kind of you know kind of hedging my bets on in terms of how he was going to look like. I really thought that once he got the first half of the season, you know, he's like got my stripes on. He's, I think he already has like two or three sacks. He might have three sacks, so it's pretty solid. I thought he was gonna have like five or six this year. I think he could start to turn it up, and I think this first game against the Chargers that's gonna be his kickstarter right there. You're gonna start to see it in moment, clutch moments against the Chargers, and you're gonna see it down the stretch where it's like now I'm starting to get it. You know, Caceres got his hands on him more to get him developed. And I think that's where it's really going to show him start being a real key contributor to defense. You took my answer. I was going to say Jake Draxon as well. Jake <laughs> Draxon is the – no, I think he he could be like the uh, ardent key of this team. Uh, the stats show that he, his like pass rush win rate is very high. It's like 10%. It's higher than the other rookie edge rushers or a lot of the ones that went ahead of him. And it seems like now that he's got you know a couple months under his belt – he really could be a difference maker down the stretch. Um, also, Samson Ebukam, he had like a Achilles injury the last month, had a couple weeks off. Maybe he'll be able to have the impact that he had the first few games of the season when he had like three and a half sacks in the first five games. Him. But I'm not going to say someone – I'm not going to say D'Amador Lenar. I'm not going to say no, that. Old. But you um, know what? He's been, he's been playing fine for the most part until the outside, you know? So can we really – I mean, not unless you think he's going to step up in the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Who else? Elijah Mitchell? Samuel, because he's been putrid in the first half. Debo's going to step up? Okay, what about like Aziz Al-Shair? Break Brock Purdy? No, I'm just kidding. Back, Brock Purdy. Yeah, right. You're playing Brock Purdy. It's all – your guys are dead. Um, <laughs> you guys. No, I, I, you know what? How, why not Debo Samuel? Because he has Christmas McCaffrey now to take off the heat. Now defense is gonna have to adjust for two for two prime time explosive players. 
Um, he hasn't really done anything outside of that magnificent run in Seattle and against the Rams. Yeah, those two plays. He That's hasn't it. really done much this year. Those That's were really nice plays. All. Yeah. So if he could step up, that would be great. Um, Mike McGlinchey, man, how about, that would be something else. Although I just don't expect, because to me, what, what it looks like with Mike McGlinchey is whatever that serious injury was last year took a toll, and it looks like he's still hurt. Right? Doesn't it look like he's constantly limping between plays? He's like limping back to the huddle. I'm, I'm, I'm not that much of an eagle eye like you. But I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It just looks like he's in pain, and maybe that's just how he walks. But if he's trying though. to, he's he's in a lame duck year. He's gonna be a free agent next year. Uh, he's trying to battle it. Yeah. So look, um, I don't really expect him to step up, but maybe maybe they get someone like Jalen Moore who just you know mm. takes the job and steps up, or Colton McKivitz. Yeah. Maybe Colton McKivitz is the surprise guy because. Last year, I think I an, that I would I would do that. Like an unheralded participant in that seven, like that that run down the stretch was Tom Compton. He wasn't great, but he was a good run blocker. He held his own, and he was a part of a winning team, even though everyone thought he was weak. And then he got a, a big contract from Denver, which he I don't know if he is doing well. But anyway, I don't know. I think Colton McKivitz could be that guy. Also, we got someone saying Ambry, don't hold on, don't hold your breath, Ambry. Although, yeah, Hambry. Uh, I feel bad. I think I mean, it, I bad. I feel like an idiot because I really had faith in Hambry when the Niners drafted him. I was like, he's actually a very solid corner. They can. It's like, you know what? No, he's not. He's not that solid of a corner. He didn't improve look, at all from, this year, this, uh, from last year to this year. Yeah, he didn't. I don't have an opinion. He's young. He may be better than what that. I just. He's. It seems like the Niners don't like him. And it, it's funny. You, here's what I do as a, as a beat writer. You ask a coach, D'Amico, Kyle, hey, how's Ambry Thomas doing? And they'll never say anything negative on, on the record, right? But the, it'll be like degrees of praise. So you'll ask about Ambry and they'll be like, he's doing fine. He's working. And to answer, you're like, that's an F. Then you ask about like, hey, how's D'Amador Lenore doing? Just to sort of compare answers and they'll be like, oh, He's so, he does everything right, and he's, it's like, he's such a hard worker, and it's like, oh, okay, so that's what you say for someone you kind of like, who's like, okay, right? I mean, not even a great player, and the best you can say for Ambry Thomas is he's doing fine, not a, not a ringing endorsement. It's definitely like a scale situation. It's like whatever words you say, like, okay, like Ambry Thomas, the scale's still barely, it's, it's moving a little bit, okay, but I, that's probably not good. No. And Lenore sinking like, oh god, okay, you really like him. Like all season long about Talanoa, especially from D'Amico's end. D'Amico, I think, is the easiest one to tell who he likes and who he's really like giving up praise to, you know? I mean, most coaches will say the nicest things they can about a player. I just think D'Amico goes more in depth about it. Like, you know, you like and he's not really too many ums or uhs or just like, you know, BSing you. Like, I feel like I could take him more towards face value not saying 100 because there's always a grain of salt with these coaches but i think like like mike mcdaniel sense i think something about the coordinators that they have no problem being honest because you know they're interviewing essentially in a way yeah and again i think coaches want to look they want to praise players they want to look like they're being transparent and if you give a guy a softball question like hey what do you see from christian caffrey the coach will go on and on and on about what a great player he is but if you say it about a player who's the worst player on the team. I mean, they're not going to trash him, but there's they're not going to lie either. So they'll just kind of like get that awkward look on their face like someone just farted and they're like, "Um, uh, he's all right. He's okay. <laughs> Don't put me on the spot." What's up, my boy? What's up, California Bear? All right, we got to move on. Ambry Thomas, we're all picking you to be the surprise player of the second half. How difficult 
will the Chargers game be? Uh, I think most people are picking the Niners to win easily by week. Chargers are banged up, and they have a ridiculous coach. What do you think? Are, they not, are, are people overlooking this game, this opponent? No, the Chargers stink. I hate them. They're very bad. And the <laughs> They're very bad. They're so – I watched the – look, it's funny how Sunday you are trying to tell me about the Bears game. I was like, well, I was watching the Falcons-Chargers games. I was preparing, Grant. I was preparing. I wasn't, it wasn't an off day for me, all right? Not That's right. Game. That's right. No, that game, the Falcons should have beat them. If it wasn't for, like, so many, like, their own – like, it wasn't anything the Chargers did. It was a it was an easy 50-yard field goal that the kicker, Young Hoku, usually makes – which would have made it made it an overtime if not won the game. There was other there were so many miscues. Didn't, didn't they 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 forced a fumble, recovered it, and then fumbled it on the same play and gave it back to the Chargers yeah, at the dude, end. Dude, it was like what the hell? That looks like such a Raiders play or something that's going on. But yeah, yeah, it was just bizarre. Like it was, I saw nothing special. It's literally just Chargers, Austin Eckler, Khalil Mack. That's it. Did. And Did. because you don't have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, it's really ta- it's really capping that offense as bad as it's yeah. been. And that play caller, their offensive coordinator, is it Joe Lombardi? I think. Of yeah. The, of the coordinator for the Chargers, like some of their play calling is just like whack. I, I really think like D'Amico is going to take it to the house against them. The only the only chance they have of beating the 49ers is a Khalil Mack takeover game where you just line him up over Mike McGlinchey and he has a Hall of Fame performance because yeah. I can see that happening. But that only happens if the Niners fall behind a van in the run game, which probably won't happen. I mean, the Niners usually score first and get up, and they and then that's not a factor. I mean, I could see him and not being a factor as a pass rusher in this game. Although the Niners fell behind against Atlanta and that was game over right there. They had to play from behind. It was over. They just so, can't look overlook them at all and think like, oh, it's a bye week, whatever. It's just the Chargers. Like, like, no, no, no. Just it's that's the only way you're they're gonna lose. If they like overlook them, they mess up. They, this is one of those games where it's like it's us against ourselves and the Chargers. It's not us again. Like, do not mess yourself up. Do not shoot yourself in the foot. Because we've seen several times over the years where this team does that in games they should be winning. To me, like, the Chargers are a lot like the Rams. I mean, Herbert, hell of an arm. A lot like Stafford. But what the hell is he working with this year? How long is it going to take D'Amico Ryan to figure out that he can play press man coverage every snap and no one's going to burn him? I mean, he should know that right now. If if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams aren't playing, there's no reason to line up nine yards off this the, this offense and, and say, you know, uh, just dink and dunk. Like, no. No one's going to get open against D'Amador Lenore. No one. There's only so many times they can throw to Austin Eckler. I don't know. I think, um, well, Mike Williams, Mike Williams for sure is going to be out, or ninety nine percent sure. Um, Keenan Allen toss up, but still, he's coming off a hamstring that's been bothering him. He's probably going to stay yeah. out. I mean, goddamn, Keenan Allen. We call him. He says he has he has a hamstring made of carnitas because it's so tender, and all he just keeps going. <laughs> shout out, shout out, for carnitas. That's what we say. This guy's got the carnitas hamstring, man. It's just it's always Carnitas is delicious, by the way. Can I say yeah, that? Yeah. It's phenomenal. Thinking about it, yeah. Talking about this. But yeah, so I think pretty much Austin Eckler, the thing is, even Eckler behind the tackles, like running through the middle, that's not really his been a shtick this year. It's been like they've just been getting him into space. The same way they've been doing with the, the Debo Samuel trick, just find a way to get him to space, and boom, you're Gucci. So I mean So so the Niners went from facing eight hundred screens to Cooper Cup to now eight hundred screens to Austin Eckler. <laughs> like it they don't just if they don't win this, they, they actually put him out and like swing him out of the backfield and dub it to him. A lot only of way they lose this game is if they turn the ball over three times or something like yes. that. So you know what I'm saying? And they did that. They did that in Atlanta. They did that in Denver. They can do that. And if they do it at home on prime time, coming off a of bye week, then shame on them. I, I don't see how they could possibly do it. This is a veteran team that's been together a long time, coming off a of bye week. God, what an indictment of themselves if they lose this game. 
this is yeah, but hell yeah, right? This is low key. I would say put it as a must win game again. It's not 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 saying that the season's at the end of the race. I'm so dramatic with the must win games, but it's because like look, you're coming out of a bye, kickstart yeah. your second half on a roll, feeling good, and this yeah. is your prime time. This is the team you got to beat. Look, this yeah. is the team you got to beat. The Rams are in shambles. The Cardinals are in shambles. You got to try to bridge the gap a little bit with Seattle. Yeah. So I mean, because look, honestly, at this point, anything less than a division a division berth is kind of a letdown. Not kind of a uh, it is a letdown. I mean, yeah. great, you're in the playoffs, but you should win in the division because no one expected the Seahawks. And as great as they're playing now, you still are the better team. You should be able to take it from them. Yeah. If the Niners lose this game, it's starting to look like now you're two games behind the Seahawks. It's like, I don't know if you're going to catch them. And now you're looking at the seventh seed again, where you got to run the table on the road, which is really freaking impossible for a West Coast team uh, because all those flight miles add up. Um, and the Niners so, yeah. have been good at home the last two years. But again, like, if they win this game, I'm, I'm I'm still not being like, oh, oh my God, here, scariest team in the NFL. Like, nah, they just handled business for the first time against an AFC team, this team. Yeah, this yeah, team. no, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like, definitely need to handle business. 808 Niners says, Grant told you the Kurt Warner film breakdown was good. It was better than good. Now ask Kyle if he watched it and he took his advice. You think Kyle would admit to – Kyle won't even admit to watching the Bill Walsh tapes in his own library. You think he's going to admit to watching the Kurt Warner takedown? That was a great takedown. He doesn't, so own, he doesn't own a, a cassette tape player in the VHS in his house. That's why. That's right. All right. Now we got to ask uh, big picture questions because I want to. Should the 49ers have re-signed Debo Samuel? I know it's on your mind, Jose, and everyone watching. I mean, let's just recap. The Niners gave Debo Samuel a three-year, $71.5 million extension with $41 million guaranteed. It's the most guaranteed money that franchise has ever given out. His cap number next year will be only $8 million. But to get rid of him, his dead cap would be $35 million. And then in 2024, his cap number jumps to $28 million. That's 11% of the salary cap, or what it's projected to be. And to get rid of them would cost the Niners $26 million in dead cap and would free up only $2 million in cap space. They're locked in to a few years of Debo Samuel at a very high rate. And we don't know exactly what he's going to give them. But so far this year, it hasn't been great. Do you think the Niners messed up giving Debo Samuel what they gave? No. No, here you got Quack Boy Grant coming up with this over here about like, oh, should they resign him? Like, come on now. Look, the point I mean, is- the early returns haven't been great. Uh, I did advocate. I said they should resign him, so I'm going full hypocrite here. But I'm starting to be like, oh, I don't know. Reacting and thinking about like, all right, it's been the first half. It's been pretty bad. So I mean, it's been pretty bad. Yeah, exactly. Outside exactly. Of like one game and one play. You know. Yeah. But look, let's. Look, the point of signing of drafting good players is so you can extend them. So even though if it's looking like early returns it, like not great, we don't panic. We don't sell at the first sign of a dip. Okay, come on, that's what the rookies do. All right, we we just keep we just keep hanging in there. We hang on to our to our tickets. And it's like it, it's gonna pan out. It's gonna pan out. Or what we do is we buy other stock to make us forget. Okay, <laughs> Christmas and forget that the first stock wasn't doing well. So that's that's what they're doing. So look, that, that, that's why I was like, okay, the Christian McCaffrey trade. If, freeze them up that way it still works out am i lagging a little bit but now you're back you're back you're back you're back no it was you it was you 100 percent you it's weird it's all you yeah that mcdonald's wi-fi i got the 711 wi-fi yeah so look that's that's pretty much what it was by investing in his player to get him i'm not worried look i'd be worried if if 
You have McCaffrey, and not only are, is it Debo not being able to get freed up, but they're also not using him. Now it's like, okay, what'd you get him for? Because then, you know, you got Christian McCaffrey. Is he just there now? Just stacking up checks, not making an impact? So that's when I'll start to get really concerned. It's too early to say the Niners shouldn't have re-signed Debo, but it, it is a little concerning to look at, at the fact that they really locked themselves in at least two years of this contract, and it doesn't look to me like he's going to be able to replicate that incredible season he had last year. No, that, um, was, so, that was a fairy tale. Come on. Yeah, like he doesn't play running back anymore. His like He doesn't play running back anymore. His, his route running isn't going to improve. His hands aren't going to improve. He's the screen guy. He, he runs screens and slants, and he does them very well. But, man, he's going to make $28 million a year. They paid him to be the wide back, not the screen god. And so he still can make a positive impact on the team, but, man, he's expensive. And if he's hurt, they're going to be really, really regretting this. And if they feel like, hey, maybe we should trade Debo, nope, you could have done that last year. He requested a trade. Teams were interested. You could have got, like, a mid-first-round pick for him. You didn't want it. And now you're probably never, ever, ever going to get that for Debo Samuel again. So you made a decision. You got to roll with it. Hopefully he stays healthy and gives you something. Um, I don't know. It's something. It's interesting because every game he misses, every drop pass he drops, you're like, oh, $28 million a year, huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. I would say, I would say, like, look, just to, if we really want to look at the big picture again, like at least dating back to when he was drafted. I mean, it's pretty much going back to the debate of should they sign him, should they re-sign him? About like you know, back in March and April when right. he was his trade, and it's like, well, look at the body of work. First year, nice. It was, it was, it was a huge leap. You know, he got better. Second year, a wash, injured, wasn't really good. Yeah. And then third year was like majestical. So it's like, okay, great. So we've had one solid year, one bad year. One phenomenal year. Now it's like, what, what do we take? It, it's not, it, you kind of wish it was like DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, who was like consistent, 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 consistent. I actually just wrote down AJ Brown because I want, what yeah, I AJ wanted Brown, to say was, I remember people were saying AJ, like deep, like, no, first of all, AJ Brown's been the best receiver of that class and he's the most deserving of, of, of any yeah. of the three who should have got more money. I great deep, I get, I get, I get Debo had the greatest year last year and probably the greatest year that any of the, of any of the last four years that uh, DK and AJ had, but ultimately, Look, it's about what have you done throughout your career, not what have you done for me just last season. Also, AJ's always been a better wide receiver than Debo. Yes. Debo had an amazing like all-around year. But what I wanted to say is it was so interesting. So the, the Niners and the Titans both had a big decision to make. Niners had Debo, Titans had AJ Brown, same, same, same uh, agent. And the Titans are like, we're not going to pay AJ Brown. Even though AJ Brown always in tip-top shape, never request. Did he request a trade? I don't know if he requested. Always in tip-top shape. He, he does have a little bit injury concerns. He gets a little bit okay, a little bit. But still, like the dude has like six percent body fat, and everyone knows it. And he—that's not a question with him. Like maybe he'll be five pounds overweight this year. No, so they trade him to Philly. Philly gets him for like a, the seventeenth pick in the draft, trade of the year. I mean, he's phenomenal. Great investment. The okay. Niners, it was, it was it was like a mid mid first, right? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it was a, play, whatever. It was a mid first. Great that. trade, and all of a sudden Tennessee looks dumb. Like, why would you? Why would you trade AJ Brown? I mean, he's so consistent, and he's gonna—he's a really long future. The Niners did the opposite decision. They had Debo, who they had questions about his fitness and his professionalism and all the maturity, all this stuff. And they're like, you know what? <sighs> Let's give it to him. And so far, it's looking like maybe Tennessee should have kept their wide receiver, and maybe the Niners should have been. But it's only—it's only like two months in. But I wonder if the Niners are thinking about it. Like, damn, we really—I don't know. 
it was a big decision, and it seemed like they dragged their their feet on it the whole off season. It seemed like they had some misgivings about it, and now uh, I yeah, I think a lot of this would have been better if Trey Lance just stayed freaking healthy, man. That God damn it, Kyle. I mean, look to me, it's just if. Because it, it was really just like we signed Debo so we can make Trey Lance's like life so much easier. And it's not really a lot of like this new offense. Not like it's a new look offense, but it's like, all right, it's back to the, you know, let everyone else try to go off like completely at, at a five star level. Then it's like, it's all right if you have an average game. It's like, no, now you have everyone has to be like at their high demand because of the quarterback. And sometimes Kyle doesn't know what he's doing with them, get the perfect uh, play call and execution right for his players. During the offseason, we talked about re-signing Debo. And if I remember correctly, you kept saying that he has to keep playing running back. They are not signing him to just be a wide receiver. He has to still be. And so I agreed with that. And I think the Niners felt it was such a key element in their offense, they had to keep him. Well, it's gone. He's not a running back anymore. They replaced him with Christian McCaffrey. If they had known in April or whatever that, hey, this Debo running back thing is over. And he's just a wide receiver now. And you're going to replace that part of uh, the offense anyway with Christian McCaffrey. Would you still give 20 plus million to Debo to be just a wide receiver? I wonder. I wonder. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. They'll, they'll still probably be, be the handoffs there. It's just, look, when it, when you see when you see 19 lined up in the backfield, are you going to sell out for Brandon Ayuk or sell out for Debo Samuel? I think you want to sell out for Debo Samuel, the guy who's proven who can take simple negative yards, plays, and turn it into a massive gainer. So to me, it's like when it's predictable and it's obvious, like I know it's yeah. where the ball is going to, you're like, you pretty much want to have to play already. At that point, it's just executing it from a defensive standpoint. So I'm not really worried about where the ball is going to Kittle or Ayuk because is the quarterback even going to get it to them? He's probably not. Yeah. I want to say like one adjustment that the, the, the Niners could make coming out of the bye week is using Debo as a decoy. Debo the decoy out oh, of the backfield. You have Debo in the backfield and you have Christian McCaffrey in the slot or wherever and you want to take eyes away from McCaffrey, fake the run to Debo or have him go. I mean, why don't you do that? It, it seems like, to your point, people are selling out to stop him. So I'd like to see Debo the decoy. Like a, full house, a full house formation where you got Mitchell on the left, Debo on the right, uh, McCaffrey the, the behind you, and then you have like some complicated motion. It's like, all right, motion him out. Let's see. You have man coverage, zone coverage. Okay, you follow man coverage. Now we'll put you out, McCaffrey, or whatever. Okay, cool. Box unloaded. Here you go, Mitchell. You're going against six people. Make a play. Or what you could have is you could do what Mike McDaniel's doing in in uh, Miami, where you have a bunch formation. Um, yeah. Three on one side, one on the side. You have McCaffrey in the backfield. You got Debo Samuel as like the inside slot receiver in the bunch, running a you know a jet sweep before the play. So much stuff you could do just to get pe- you know defense's eyes moving all around. I'd like to see that happen. I think this is what we said about this is why Kyle needs to look. Kyle, there's no excuses for you now. Like you have to get you, you have yeah. the pieces now. You literally got it now. There's no reason why you, can, you should not have this creativity and execution because it looks like you have pretty much all pro Pro Bowl calibers all around. And if you can't get yeah. it right, I'm not blaming the players. I'm blaming I'm blaming you. you because Mike McDaniel could figure it out with these guys. I'm just In saying. His first year. Yeah, he could figure it out. Much, pretty much Polynesian Jimmy. Come on. Got to left handed. Left hand. He's better than Jimmy. He's, he's better than Jimmy. Jimmy. I mean, he's God, better. I used to, I used to, he, that's McDaniels. That's all McDaniels, the credit. And also, like, he's better, way better than Mac Jones. And a lot of people coming out were like, hey, Mac Jones is better than Tua. Nope. Not at all. That's really interesting to me. Tua's oh. way better than Mac Jones. California Bear says, so you uh, happy that you pointed out that Kyle's potentially overrated the last few weeks. I've been pointing that out for years, but I love you, man. <laughs> the last few weeks. <laughs> no one is doing less with more like uh, us. You were the only one that had the courage to say it. I don't think he's a head coach. 
I don't think he's a head coach either. Um, the Niners have been working without a head coach for years, but maybe you don't need a head coach. I think you do. They're trying to prove that you don't really need, like player leadership can take you, or defensive coordinators can lead from behind. I don't know. Maybe. You know what, maybe it's possible. Just Saturday got hired. Kyle Shanahan's a head coach. Oh, my God. I st- How did they do that? Jim Ursay's a quack. How's that? that just came out of left field, dude. This fool like, was probably on his phone, went to his immediate contacts, and was like, who the hell can I hire? Hey, yo, Jeff, what are you doing this year, bro? What are you doing the rest of the year? Oh, Christmas? You don't need that family. Come on. Come on. <laughs> what what California said, though, is he said that only I had the courage to say he's not a head coach. I like saying things that people are afraid to say, and I like just bl- like blaring it. And so currently in the Bay Area, people are afraid to say that James Wiseman is the biggest bust ever. <laughs> so I said that the, for the last week, and now people are starting to like clear their throats and you know like say the truth. Afraid. It's just like almost like, are we sure it's not early? Are you yeah, gun early? but it's year three. And I think people are afraid of like having those receipts pulled on them. It's like, I'm not afraid. There's so many receipts you could pull on me for the Warriors because it's like, this is a championship team. Stop wasting Steph's like Hall of Fame career for this guy that you never know what's going to be. It's not worth it. Exactly. No. It's so not worth it. You don't have to do this. Giovanni says somehow Debo and the Eagles sounds more dangerous. With Jalen Hurts, that'd be nice. But yeah. If he's in, if he's in shape, day, right? if he's 215 pounds, if he's catching the ball, if he's focused, all that. Yeah. Debo's great when he's on which he hasn't quite gotten there yet. Again, two plays this year that stick out. Rams game, Seahawks game. Okay. That's it. Uh, decoy Samuel loading. Ha. Decoy Samuel. I love that. He should be a decoy until he gets his stuff together. All right, I got one final question for you. Is there a legitimate possibility that Jimmy Garoppolo will be the quarterback of the 49ers next year? Like, if he wins the Super Bowl. If the Niners win the Super Bowl, Will they have to bring back Jimmy Garoppolo? And I bring this up because remember 10 years ago, the Ravens had a really mediocre quarterback and they knew it in Joe Flacco. But he got hot. They won the Super Bowl and they felt like they had to give him an extension. They made him, I think, the highest paid player in the league at that time. And they had like half a decade or more of mediocrity. It really set him back. So what do you think? Are the Niners going to do something similar if they win a Super Bowl with Jimmy? Uh, they'd probably entertain it. would have to think about it. But ultimately, I don't think Jimmy would want to come back. I think he's going to cash in and want to go elsewhere at this point. Hmm. You know, I think let's not forget, like, how the saltiness was looking between Jimmy and Kyle the last couple months just because they started having, like, a couple of winning games or whatever. It's been, like, you know, tapered off. Um, I think – I don't think he's going to come back. I will – I'm a 1,000% buying and and, and um, I'm sold on the idea, like, Trey Lance is not a lock next year because, again, hmm. you know, he's still a mystery. Now it's going to be worse – now that he put a, a variable next to his name because of his injury. So I'm I'm definitely buying. Like, you, you want to say Brady. You want to say whoever the hell's out there. I'll, I'm totally fine with Rogers, that. whoever. Uh, yeah. Anyone. I'm totally. Because it's going down in, in smoke over in Green Bay right now. They're, that might get all blown up. I don't know. I don't know about Rogers. I think he has like a $100 million dead cap next year. But <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'm down to I'm 100% buying. Like, yeah, Trey Lance to lock next year. It's not there. Jimmy, though. I'll go as far as entertaining, but I don't see it just based off him. And I'm not even still sure a thousand percent they would want to, but it's just mainly on what Jimmy would do. Like they like come back to the Niners, not unless they actually gave him like a lucrative deal. The same way you're talking about Flacco, but still, I mean, if you're the 49ers, if they get to the Super Bowl and they win it, it's not. I still don't see how it's going to be because of Jimmy. I'm sure Jimmy might actually start to show like his moments and stretches, but if. If, I'm sure if they win, we're going to look back and be like, did they win it because of Jimmy Garoppolo? And if we say yes, then sure. And if we say no or partly, nah. 
I see. I, I, I I'm holding. I'm not holding my breath that if they do win it, that we're gonna be like it was because of Jimmy. I look. I've seen enough of Jimmy. He's in his thirties. <laughs> he's played a lot. If he gets hot and wins a Super Bowl, I'm not gonna be like you know what he's elite. Nah, man, he got hot like Joe Flacco did, like Nick Foles did. I'm not saying he's gonna win the Super Bowl. I'm not even expecting him to get hot like that in the playoffs. But if he does. They should not, under no circumstances, should the Niners bring Jimmy Garoppolo back next year. We've seen enough. We know who he is. He has a very good team. He can get hot sometimes. He's not elite. They should not bring him back next year. But if they win the Super Bowl, I think they will, man. I think Jed York, I think this team will just ride the good waves, the positive vibes, and bring him back. And I think Jimmy would come back because I think he feels like it's his team. It's his locker room. And, you know, forget Kyle. It's his team. I think that's why he came back in the first place, you know? But I don't know. I don't expect him to win the Super Bowl with Jimmy. That's a whole big thing that they would have to prove. But if they do, I can see the Niners being like, hey, man, six Lombardi. Let's just give everyone a lifetime contract. Jimmy, you're here for life. Kyle, you're here for life. Good times. And then, in a few years, they'll be just like the Rams right now. Terrible. Sorry. I... Maybe. I mean, you're going to say Jed's going to be one that's pushing for it, but Jed answers to Kyle, not the other way around. And I think Kyle's like, I really, I really don't think like Kyle's going to be like, I'm not, he's like, I'm not sold on Trey for next year, but I'm definitely not sold on you, Jimmy. Thanks for, I, you didn't win this. I won this knowing him. He's probably going to say I won this. And dude, Kyle, right. dude, he's Kyle didn't have the guts. Kyle didn't have the guts to move off Jimmy Garoppolo for Tom Brady after a Super Bowl loss. You think Kyle has the guts to move off Jimmy Garoppolo after a Super Bowl win? Kyle always says he wants to move off for Jimmy Garoppolo, but he never actually has the guts to do it. It's like your friend who's always like, man, I'm going to dump my girlfriend and be single. Like, no, you're not. You're not going to do it. You're going to be with her forever. And you know it. So stop complaining about her because I'm going to say what I think. And then you're going to stay with her. And then you're going to resent me for keeping it real. You know that those guys? Hey, what do you think? I think you should leave her. I think you should do what you said you should do. I think all the things you say about her, I agree with, leave her. And then he's like, okay, thanks, man. Hey, guess what? I worked it out with my girlfriend. We're going to stay together for the seventh straight year. Well, then why'd you ask me? What did I have to say? What are you doing Saturday? I'm with my girl. I thought you were breaking up with her, fool. You told me you didn't like her. You said you didn't like her. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. Okay. That's Kyle and Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't tell me how you're, how you're about to hit the, hit the market. You're not. You're afraid. You're terrified to be single, man. You know, terrified it's gonna, be, it's gonna if, if that happens then the best way to define that that with the song is gonna be that that chingy and uh what's his name uh tyree song every time i leave i, I leave everything something keeps pulling me back that song you ever oh, yeah. that song? <laughs> yeah that's Somebody an old one the least something keeps pulling me back and it's gonna be like <laughs> they call all together and it's gonna be like oh come on bro Jesus that's true Christ. that is true that is true just pour this hot coffee on me if that happens man i just that's why i I hate to think that Jimmy could come back next year, but I feel like there's something about him that that uh, the Niners just can't quit him. They just can't quit him. It's the smile. So um, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that doesn't happen because as quality control, I have certain responsibilities, and this is a big one. I'm just ready. Got to move on. I'm just ready for something new with Trey. I mean, just just to, just to see something how this offense is going to sprinkle and like blossom into. I mean, it's just I'm just ready for something different. You remind me of a quarterback that I... <laughs> That's the show, everyone. Thanks for watching. I'll be back tonight with Jesse, Niners After Dark. After Dark. After 